0: Yo, what's happening, friends? It's me, Jason, the Psycho Freak, coming at you again from. Not New Zealand. Coming at you from capital OR, oh no, capital CO, Orinoco. Yeah, just. Finally, kind of feeling like there's some peace in the world with me. You know, for a while I've had the idea of going to Austin, Texas this past weekend in my head, and I've been trying to wrap my head around that, and I've been struggling to do that. And why was I planning on going to Austin, Texas? I was planning on going for the Libertarian National Convention because I was a delegate to the convention. Since I last spoke to you... Regarding some presidential debates, the official episode of the Psycho Freaking Friends that I brought to you, I uh, did a online virtual convention for the Minnesota Liber- the Libertarian Minnesota State Libertarian Party. I don't even know what I, I'm not even gonna try and pull it up right now. This is showing you how good I am at this sort of stuff the political side of stuff which last episode I did say something I really enjoyed I said that politics was the means which disintegrates people and economics integrates people except I didn't use those terms I said integrates disintegrates Today, and then I said something else last time. I was like, Yeah, it kind of proves things. Look at how politics just stopped everything. It wasn't a virus that stopped everything, it was politics that stopped everything. Had it been a virus that stopped everything, things would have stopped because people would have dropped dead. It would not have been people stopping things because they were forced to stay at home or. Their business, their employment, their way of providing for themselves was told it could not continue because of politics. So what's happening now? Economics is happening again. People are coming together to exchange voluntarily, but people are also coming together to politic because I did so, and I politicked you know, doing the virtual convention for Minnesota. And during that virtual convention, uh, I became a delegate to the national convention, which was a goal of mine for quite some time. I wanted to attend the national convention in 2018 in New Orleans, but was unable to do so because of my life being a mess. And I was really disappointed in not being able to fulfill that commitment because it was something I really, really wanted to do. And, you know, that affected my prior relationship because that was something that I had really wanted to do that year. And, you know, it was the, like, one thing that I wasn't willing to kind of scrap from my calendar. I I wanted to go to New Orleans bad. You know, not just for the convention, but culture shock. You know, I've always said, if I want to experience culture shock in the U.S., I think the best place to go is Louisiana, but there's probably lots of other places, too. I just really wanted to go to Louisiana New Orleans. I've never been there, and why not go for the Libertarian Party convention, get to hang out with some cool folks like my friend Adam Kokesh, and then uh, I was hoping to, you know, establish some bonds with some other folks within the party who shared similar views on life, you know. In 2018, when I attended the uh, Colorado State Libertarian Convention in April of that year, uh, the chair of the Colorado party was Richard Longstreth, and he this year is running for LNC vice chair. Would have got to hang out with him. And then the secretary of the party now, I got to know her a little bit, uh, Karen Ann Harlos. The, what's her podcast? Her podcast is The Pink Flame of Liberty, I believe. I listened to an episode or two. She's you a know, good person to kind of follow for insider things happening in the party since she is the secretary of the party. And I don't really... I don't know. We'll, we'll get into my thoughts on the chair of the party, National Party, discussing this convention. Anyways, just getting into details that don't need to be told, but we're going to keep telling them because that's what I do and I'm still not a professional. I'm just a politician of economics, I'm a psycho freak. I'm just a guy. Who likes to smoke pot and doesn't want to pay taxes? (laughs) That was uh, Dan Taxationist Theft Berman, who was another delegate this weekend and he was running for president. He was running, he was trying to receive the presidential nomination from the Libertarian Party. He did not succeed, but he put out a meme this weekend and said that. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's pretty funny because he was like, yeah, this isn't derogatory. I'm proud of this. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's it's great. You know, people definitely will throw that at folks and he's owning it. And that's what needs to happen after this weekend. Everything that happened this weekend, me as a delegate, I'm going to fucking own it. Everyone that was, you know, everyone who can defend what happened, and want to change the political paradigm in the United States, the good, the bad that comes out of this past weekend needs to be fucking owned. Because, all right, so I became a delegate at the state party to the national convention. Um, by going through the process of becoming a delegate, There's a slight process most times, you know, there's not competition for delegate seats. Seats go empty. Um, They just aren't filled for delegate positions because state of American politics, people think that you just show up basically once a year and you vote once every two years, or whenever there's an election, you just go and vote, and that's it. And you know, there's these two massive political parties that influence the state of politics in the United States to a, not, not a minor degree, we'll just say that. So, you know, people are always saying, hey, I want something different. Well, you don't have something fucking different because you only think that... uh got to show up to vote on days that there's elections, which isn't the case. In American politics, there's political parties. So I'm opposed to Democratic and Republican principles. I love the term that Jesse Ventura coined, Democrips and Rebloodlicans, because they do some gangster stuff. Politics is gangster. It's not good. I don't like it. You shouldn't like it. It's uh one of the great things about the Libertarian Party. When you join the Libertarian Party, you must take a pledge. Let's get that pledge pulled up. Members of the party shall be those persons who have certified in writing that they oppose the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. So this is the big differentiation between the major political parties and the Libertarian Party. Everyone in the Libertarian Party takes a pledge that I, as an individual, oppose the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. And it's not I as an individual. It's me, motherfucking Jason Harley Van Sickle. Yeah, I'll say my full name. The Psycho Freak. Uh, I oppose the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals and my reason for getting involved in politics again you know in contrast to the way that i have been speaking about politics in the past is one again i think it's a tool you know i want to move the direction of the world away from violence of the state towards you know people having more responsibility for themselves and having the opportunity to be a well-composed individual to handle more responsibilities in their life. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want responsibility, and that's why they kind of just like, yeah, I'm going to give it to this politician. I'm basically just going to, you know. Let's see. I am going to designate... A politician or a group of politicians to be in control of my rights. And I would like to have that control, as well as many other people who would like to have that control. We do not want to delegate our rights to other people, we want to have them ourselves. We want to be able to exercise those rights on our own accord with other individuals who consent to do the same. And that's the big thing with the Libertarian Party that's gonna differentiate the politics of people in that party from the politics of people in other parties. And it's a double edged sword because, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they're just like, hey, we don't mind. We yeah. It's part blood's part of the game. Whether or not supporters of the parties will say that, but well, I think that is that is uh omitted from the state of politics. You know, these parties that say that they're about peace and love, well, they're also about, you know, subjecting you to violence and force to achieve their political and social goals. Which I don't think is right. So if you don't think that's right, you should probably join the Libertarian Party if you want people to actively try and defend your rights, which the other parties also proclaim to do, but, you know, again, this is party politics. It's people needing to come together, and in this case I am doing the same thing by coming together with people with similar, similar principles to defend myself from the American government and governments of America. Yeah, so one of the big reasons that I became involved was to help select who the Libertarian Party would nominate for president and vice president, because it's not just as easy as, hey, I want to run for president, I'm going to be on that ballot. You know, you need to kill a lot of support, and there's a lot of hurdles, especially to minor parties such as the Libertarian Party, to get access to ballots, and that is a thing that I might talk about more in depth later, but right now I'm just gonna get into the to the presidential and vice presidential nominations. Or maybe I should just get back to this weekend. So this weekend the convention was not in Austin, Texas, because of stuff, and it became virtual. And the whole thing of it being virtual, leading up to this virtual convention, all the state parties got together. Uh, there was a emergency meeting called by the LNC, um, Libertarian National Committee to discuss what we were going to do in lieu of not being able to go to Austin. And a compromise was reached between a... I was holding up my fingers, you can't see me do the quote quote thing. But a compromise was reached because people wanted to have it completely online. Some people wanted to have it only in person. The compromise was... We'll do both. The... Thing that needed to happen this weekend was nominating uh, president and vice presidential candidates in order for all the states to be able to get those names on ballots because there was, there is a deadline in different states. It's not... Um, shaking up my... My beverage for the morning. Doing something different on the podcast, but not different to me. Guess. Anyways. Yeah, all the states not have similar laws regarding getting minor parties on ballots. So, the Libertarian Party needed to come together and decide who the candidates were going to be for president and vice president in order for those candidates to be on all ballots. Not everyone felt that way. Some states apparently, again, I, I was—I should premise, preface this by, I was not in on this nine-hour virtual meeting regarding whether to hold the convention online, in person, what to do, and how to come together with a compromise for all the states. I was not in on that. I have only heard whispers. So, apparently, and, you know, heard what I heard over the course of the convention this weekend. So, some states were just like, we're going to put, you know, whatever we as a party, our state party want to put on the ballots and forget the states that, you know, having issues we're just going to go forward because we got to do what we got to do we're going to do it because we believe that convention should be in person if we can't have it done in person you know we have to do this stuff before an in-person convention can be held we're going to do what we need to do in the meantime I'm saying that badly. I'm saying that very poorly. But anyways, again, there's just a lot of division, a lot of different opinions about what's going on because of all the different laws in all the different states. It was pertinent to decide sooner rather than later who the nominees for president and vice president were going to be. So the compromise was this weekend. That's what the convention was going to do. Part of that nine-hour meeting. (laughs) was uh regarding the actual convention whether it be legitimate or not because i mean the party has its bylaws and all the things and part of the bylaws is that the national convention i'm going to read this regular conventions the party shall hold a regular convention every two years at a time and place selected by the national committee so, one of the big things was, "Is the internet a place, according to the bylaws and i I don't know I am of the opinion that matters this important should be handled in person, but I thought this weekend proved that a convention could be held online, you know, even though there was lots of issues that were faced this past weekend, but I still feel like everything probably could have happened this past weekend instead of having to go forward to my actual preference of an in-person debate. The thing is, you know, when I signed up to be a delegate, as did most delegates, we had a date. We had dates selected that we were planning to ten for, and I've had my troubles with scheduling and balancing my time, so that's something that's very important to me, and you know, now the online, or the in-person convention is going to be happening in Orlando from the 8th to the 12th, so you know, I'm still going to. I'm still committed to trying to go, do my best to go, but uh, now having dedicated so much time, it's just, you know, more than signed up for, but it's kind of what you take on when you get into doing things of this matter. It's not always what you signed up for. Okay, so we did have the online convention this past weekend. And the first uh evening you know worked out some kinks, and kind of went over how things were going to be and I don't remember let's see, I think we started at five p m central time, and it went till nine fifty seven That sounds right, so during that time, it was adopting convention rules, doing credentialing all online, something that's never been done before. And over the course of the weekends, there was over a thousand registered delegates or credentialed delegates and uh, attendance online. So I think that really says something as far as being able to do something as a political party. Uh, it was a big hurdle that was jumped over, and again, I, I my confidence was boosted for the ability to do something online, but I do not think that is the proper way to do things. I think that, you know, a big part of politics is the the humanness that you get in interacting with other people, and I think that a big part of the state of politics in america is because people aren't connected and i think it's important to be connected in person politics does disconnect so many people and the libertarian party i think can be a great beacon to show hey this is how you connect this is what's different you know this is not about dividing people along the lines that typically people get divided in American politics. You know, the libertarian message is different than the status quo American position on politics. The words are different, the framing's different, so many things are different. It's not left right. It's not some are left, some are right. There's a underlying principle to it which does not exist amongst Democrats and Republicans to my knowledge. I, I'm talking so much crap and I should actually read both the platforms of both of those parties. But, you know, I think you can observe and see why I would not want to invest my time into doing such things. But if I want to be a political commentator, I guess, or if I'm going to be a political commentator, or social commentator, I should be more educated. All right. I'll put down the books from candidates with opposing views that I want to read so I can read their parties political, stated political views, because they always follow all the things that they state, just like you always do in politics, because politics is about sticking to the book, it's not about dealing in people, that's one of the funny things, when I think about the difference between economics and politics, is the Medium of exchange was the medium of exchange in politics, and was the medium of exchange in economics. Toothpicks, tea tree oil, toothpicks—that's the—that's the medium of exchange for both. I don't know if you actually knew that, but that is the truth. And that actually brings me to one of the funnier things that happened this weekend during the online convention, which I will keep going back and forth between that and other things. Because that's what I do. I don't have things written down. Just free balling. What? Free balling? No, I have I have underwear on. Freestyling. We're jamming. So I thought the chair of the party did a great job handling things in lieu of everything going on. And I have been against I've not been a fan of him in the past. He is more for trying to get the Libert from what for what I see. You know, it's more the Libertarian Party. His his direction for the party and a few other people in the party is we want the Libertarian Party to be more acceptable to American pol- politics as is. So it's hey, you know, let's be more like all these other parties, which to a degree, as far as like being able to facilitate proceedings in a professional manner. I don't know if the other parties do that as well. From my experience at Republican conventions in 2012, you know they seem to be on par. You know, the chair did a great. I've had, I've been to three conventions so far. With the Libertarian Party, the Minnesota, the Colorado State Convention, twenty eighteen, Minnesota State Convention, twenty twenty, and now this online convention in twenty twenty, and in twenty twelve, I did, I did the Orinoco Caucus, and then I was a delegate to the, whatever district convention. No county convention, district convention, and then I was an I was an alternate to the district convention, became a seated delegate, and then I was an alternate to the state convention. uh, and then I was immediately seated as a delegate since there was open seats. Okay, so yeah, I can say that, you know, as far as gaining legitimacy in that way by you know handling things in a professional manner. That again, I don't I'm still not that experienced with all this stuff, even though I do have this experience that I'm claiming, you know, I've been a participant, I've been an active member, but I've not facilitated any of this stuff. And I'm trying to describe how things are facilitated. And that was good in that That realm. You know, I think politics, one of the big things is showing up when you need to show up, and I think conventions for political parties are when you can make a lot of change, and that kind of shifts the conversation for general elections. So while I do not necessarily participate in the elections as far as voting, because i still struggle with, you know, is it defense or is it giving legitimacy by voting? And, you know, 2012 is the only year that I've actually voted um, for Gary Johnson. When I was trying to get Ron Paul the nomination with the Republican Party, that was the only reason I was in the Republican Party and I was trying to get The dude, Ron Paul, the nomination, so we could end that goddamn Federal Reserve that's just making all the monies right now. Interest rates? Zero? Sure, let's get this fast money out there. No money in your vaults? That's okay. We'll still let you make some money out of that nothingness in your vaults. We'll ease the uh, reserve requirements to nothing for you. Okay. So... I thought Nicholas Sarwark did a great job as chair this weekend, and again, this is me not agreeing with him in the past. I thought he did a spectacular job. You know, there might have been some great acting on his part. Um... Just thought he—I really did. He he gained a lot of respect with me, acting as the chair and facilitating the uh, convention. But that's not to say there weren't hiccups, because there was a lot of hiccups. I don't even know if I want to get into all the hiccups. But back to the toothpick thing. One of the things that uh, was brought up. Someone brought forward a privileged motion. I think it was. And there was at one time a, like, two or three hour argument. I'm probably exaggerating. There was an argument that was much, not an argument, a point of clarification that was very long and drawn out. And it was post this thing happening. Could not go back and redo what had just been done. And the chair was trying to explain this to an individual, and it went on for a long time. Then, someone in the queue of speakers, because, you know, everyone's given. I don't even want to explain how everything works. Just, you have to experience it yourself. I'm not going to try and explain it. So, the next person speaks, and goes, Mr. Chair, I would like to make a note that if vermin supreme were the chair that we in fact could go back in time and change that motion i thought that was hilarious because vermin supreme is one of the candidates that i've been supporting for the libertarian party nomination for president of the united states because he wants to give everyone free ponies um he wants to institute mandatory toothbrush laws And he will use his time machine to go back in time and kill the infant baby Hitler. His political satire is amazing, and he is very, very smart. He is, I've heard from someone that I think is very intelligent, that he might be one of the most, he might have been the most intellectual of all the nominees for president this past weekend. I don't know. I think he's very smart. I've seen him talk. I've seen him out of his, uh out of the meme, because he is a meme, he says, claims, he boldly proclaims. So with that, I'm just going to get into the next part. We, on day two, did select who the presidential nominee for the party was going to be. And that ended up being Dr. Joe Jorgensen. She actually was who I ranked number five on my list at um, the state caucus. She was who I ranked highest on the list of candidates we had that I had not heard of. I had heard of four of the candidates on a list of, I think it was, 16 or 17 candidates. And that, those four were Adam Kokesh, Berman Supreme, Harvin Vora, and Dan Taxation and Berman. So they got ranked one through four for me. I had seen them in prior debates. Uh, but just by reading all the bios, Joe Jorgensen was, who leapt out at me, On caucus night, and she ended up getting the nomination. So, the way it works delegates are given tokens. Us as delegates, we get to use our token for a nominee. And at the convention, you have to get a certain amount of tokens to be nominated automatically. Well, not automatically, but move things along. Essentially, there's nominations from the floor. I'm not going to get into that. But essentially, six candidates earned enough tokens to move on in the process of becoming the presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. Those six were Joe Jorgensen, Jacob Hornberger, Vermin Supreme. John Mons, Adam Kokesh, and Judge Jim Gray. So ended up being uh, Joe didn't win until, let's see, the fourth round of voting, I think it was. Yeah, the fourth round of voting it was. Her against Jacob Hornberger and Vermin Supreme, and she gained the majority and thus became the nominee for president by the Libertarian Party. And during this campaigning time uh, so far, Joe hasn't really jumped out at me. I mean, I wasn't a fervent supporter. She's solid though; she's been with the party for a long time. I listens to most of my last podcasts, and I had good things to say about her you know, and my desire to see other people become the nominee you know I add other things that I like to other candidates more, but she's great you know she's not the greatest candidate for me as far as you know what inspires me uh, as a leader, but you know that could change. It's just that she's been very, very, very on point throughout this whole process, and that got kind of boring to me, because every time I saw her on the debate stage, it seemed like it was just getting the same old thing, but that is important for conveying the message of libertarianism and the principles of the Libertarian Party. And she's against all the big things that I'm against, you know. Wants to get troops brought back from overseas. Wants to eliminate these drug wars. She's not a user of cannabis or any other drugs. Uh, her drug of choice is bourbon. And apparently that's the only vice that she has is just bourbon, which is perfectly fine. Acceptable. So, I mean, I don't. I can't even recall if she's used other drugs, but that's that's another double-edged sword. You know, as someone who uh, puts forward that message, she supports someone being able to use substances, which is the underlying thing, but it's also important to understand some of those substances a little better, perhaps. And luckily, I think uh, some other people in the party might be able to help her out with that, and particularly her vice presidential candidate. Uh, the vice presidential candidate. You might know a thing or two about drugs. I actually do not know for sure, but Seems like a character, and based on my viewings of him so far, he may have indulged in some substances of questionable legality at points in his life, not just bourbon. And I think it's going to be so fun seeing all the memes in Minnesota for hockey, because Joe plays hockey. So I already saw one, like, Biden, Trump, Joe, doesn't play hockey, plays hockey, doesn't play hockey. That's just a summary. The meme was a lot funnier. But Minnesota could have a lot of fun with a hockey playing presidential candidate. And she is also a former business owner. She is a professor of Oh, I can't some s she's professor of psychology at Clemson, but I can't recall her like actual faculty status. But very qualified. She was the vice presidential candidate uh for Harry Brown in nineteen ninety early nineties. So I mean she's had experience in the party for a long time. Very principled it seems. Very professional, it seems. Again, has leapt out at me before. And while I haven't been a fervent supporter leading up to the nomination, we'll see what happens. Might get behind her a bunch. Might just do my own thing. We'll see what happens, because I kind of have my own thing, potentially. But people want something different from a presidential candidate. You would have gotten that with any libertarian candidate out of those six that I had mentioned. You know, all six are great. Jim Gray, the one that kind of shot himself the foot, a few positions by trying to be more of a, a pragmatic candidate and not as principled as a lot of libertarians like to see him. I mean, I'm not going to get into distinctions, I guess. Gold cash was my preferred candidate running a platform of dissolving the federal government and focusing on localization because, you know, in order to get from point A to point B, you know, free society, which is what libertarians proclaim we want to see, a society set free from governments in our lifetime. And when I say governments, that's, you know, being against the initiation of force to achieve political and social goals, essentially. Uh, lost, my, lost my train of thought. God, gosh darn it. Uh, now I might just be dilatory. I don't want to get thrown to the alligators. I do not want to get fed to those hungry, hungry gators in the state of Florida. That was one of the hilarious things. Night one, someone from Alabama, one of the delegates, gets on. He's like, he just goes into this big, long speech, and essentially is like, We, the Alabama delegation, object to the obstructionist. And we are taking note, and they will be fed to the hungry alligators of our neighbor state of Florida. And that was just hilarious. So dilatory equals alligators. If you slow shit down, you will be fed to the alligators. That's one thing with this online, well, all, all conventions, you know. it's They get heated, potentially. There's a lot of people who want to say things. They don't get a chance to say the things that they want to be said. There's a lot of points that get brought up over and over again, become moot points. And with this being a new way of trying to do a convention this weekend by doing it virtual and online, there was definitely a lot of patience exerc- exercised by the chair and Making sure people were able to be heard because there could be technical difficulties but at times it just really became kind of too much. I understand it. I totally understand it because I get the principled hey this is there's potential for abuse here but being online There's always going to be potential for abuse in politics, hence, you know, why I'm kind of against going things that route. I would rather do things otherwise, but then again, I'm a hypocrite because I'm doing things this way, so I don't know what my thoughts are, 100%. I'm doing what I'm doing. I am doing what I'm doing. Trying to have fun with it. That's the main thing. Jason's Law, modeled off after Gresham's Law, of bad money drives out good money. Jason's vibes drive out bad vibes. I want to do that. And people are going to get political. And people are going to get political. I do not want to play on their political playground anymore want people again? on my political playground where we don't call it a fine line between, between genius and insanity. We call it a coping between things. And I like to grind coping. I like to jam on coping. I like to blunt coping. I like to disaster coping. And uh, I've been studying. We're going to take a break from this convention talk to talk about studying because I haven't talked about books for a while and I wanted to make sure I did that on this podcast. So I thought I'd do a little recap of what I've been reading. So uh I'm just gonna start over on my whole year. On the first my my year starts in November and I do have this by my calendar not the standard calendar. So, Year 32, Month 1, Day 4, Fantastic Fungi. I read Theory in History by Ludwig von Mises. I'm not going to do all the dates. Just, you know, recap. A Theory of Socialism and Capitalism by hans Hermann Hoppe. LSD and the Divine Scientist by Albert Hoffman. Ethics by Gregory R. Barbe. Baybot, it looks like. I don't know. My handwriting was terrible for the last name. So Cyber Magic Mushroom Grower's Guide by uh, some pseudonyms for the brothers McKenna. Behave by Robert Sapolsky. Ooh, all right. Oh. I'm just. That one it took me so long to read. It's just like. Damn, I started that a long time ago. The Toltec Art of Life and Death by Don Miguel Ruiz. Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg, which I need to read again. I'd like to read again. Getting Libertarianism Right by Hans-Hermann Hoppe. Politics in the English Language by George Orwell. Economic Science and the Austrian Method, Hans-Hermann Hoppe. Economic Calculation of the Socialist Commonwealth by Lugut von Mises. The Secret of Restaurant... Magic by Eugene Berger. That was a really random one, and I just got kind of drawn in by the name. I was thinking maybe it was restaurant magic, like, hey, this is how you set up a restaurant for a magical experience. No, it was literally about how to do magic in a restaurant. Not like the tricks that you do, but like the process of being a restaurant magician. Okay, now some of the interesting ones you may not have heard me talk about yet. I know you've heard me talk about freedom's progress, but at one point I started to read the books um by people that were being described in Freedom's Progress. So I read On Liberty by John Stuart Mill, I read What is Property, an Inquiry into the Principle of Right and Government via by Pierre Joseph Proudhon. I read the A. AASI Snowboard Manual from a long time ago. Um, And that's the American Association for Ski Instructors. It read, Reassessing the Presidency, the Rise of the Elective... Excuse me. Reassessing the Presidency, the Rise of the Executive State, and the Decline of Freedom. Because it's a political year. People are going to be talking about some presidential stuff. How it's unprecedented. This shit is unprecedented. But no, it's not. Stuff that is happening now. It's happened in the past. Just different context. Not everything that happens today is new. Old shit happens all the time. Not everything is new. New libertarian manifesto. Eggers class theory. Um, by Samuel the III and Wally Conger. So, I think that was the first book I read when everything started getting crazy up in her with closings and stuff. Yeah. Agorism is a great philosophy is a economic over economics over politics philosophy based on principles of libertarianism. Essentially, uh, I read Universal Basic Income for and against by Anthony Samaroff. Read Plenty by Francis Spufford. Free Private Cities by Titus Yabel. I think it's pronounced. Then. This is this is the Feather and the Hat, so far for the year. I read Human Action" by Ludwig von Mises, and this is the book that lays out the science of praxeology. It's not an easy book. It's not an easy book at all. There's a reason lots of people don't read it. I'm going to read it again here soon. I think that if I would have read this book when I was much younger, I would be very happy. (laughs) I'm still very happy to have read it. And my next reading, I actually even have the study guide for it. Because I want to know this stuff, because I think it's that important. I read The Rise and Fall of Society by Frank Shodorov. Then I mixed it up with some more fiction. Galapagos, a novel by Kurt Vonnegut. I have stories. I read The Law of Intellectual Property by Lysander Spooner, and this is where I'm going to have to disagree with Spooner on some things. IP. This book, uh, while brilliant and methodical, I think the premise wasn't firmly established or was kind of unwavering. I can't remember. I'd have to go over my notes. I read For the New Intellectual by Ayn Rand. And so let's see here. That was one, two, three, four, five. I think it was six of the authors or six people mentioned in uh, Freedom's Progress that I read their books or works by the people mentioned in that book, alongside to kind of, uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Supplement. Supplement that reading. And then I read A Libertarian Critique of Intellectual Property by Butler Schaefer, and he is a new thinker to me. But he's associated with the Mises Institute. And then my last book that I read that took me a while, and... I actually went two of my months without finishing a book because all this chaotic shit was going on. I was like, I need to be doing the Mises thing and acting. Reading is an action, but I need to be securing myself and making sure that I am ready for anything that comes at me. And I didn't do the best job, but I still have been trying to focus more on me instead of my reading and my studies. Making sure that I can continue on a path that is more fruitful for the things I want to happen. Sometimes I get distracted by reading. I do not have the luxury of reading as much as I would like to have. Um, reading can become a vice at times for me. And I'm aware of it. And I think it's perfect okay to cycle in and out. Times where I'm doing a little too much reading in times where I'm not reading as much. And, yeah, we'll learn what that cycle is together. But I read Economic Thought Before Adam Smith by Marie Rothbard, which is his last big work that he published, or that was published. I think it was published posts. I can't remember if it was post his death. That was published. Anyways, that was great. Um, Really eye-opening to see the state of economics as it has been throughout history. I mean, freedom's progress. There was an overlap of a few of the thinkers, but it was from different, different perspectives. You know, I got more of the economic perspective from Rothbard over Casey, and then there's some folks that I need to kind of look and see how they both are portrayed in both books. Uh, Richard Cantillon, such an interesting character and founder of Modern Economics, according to Rothbard and a few others. I started reading his essay on economic theory, but again, try not to get too distracted with all these readings. So let's get back to the uh, convention. It was a convention. We convened. Um, Yeah, the the big topic of debate the first night was, is this a convention? And the delegation voted yes, that this was the convention. And under what we adopted, the online convention was basically it. Um, there was no... This is night one, by the way. You know, things could be amended as we went on. But the delegation voted that this was the convention. And just because that... a. Compromised solution had been reached between all parties. Well, not all parties, but a compromise had been put forth and is what we were acting on. Um, just because that happened did not mean that it was going to be upheld. So we had to first agree that this was a convention, it was agreed upon. The delegation voted on it. And people are gonna, you know, dispute everything anyways because it was an online convention. But I looked at it as this being the real thing. So that happened night one, that was the big thing. Day two, which I can't, I don't even know how long it was. It was a long, long day, but the business of the day essentially nominate a presidential candidate. Did that in the form of nominating Joe Jorgensen. And I am wearing my libertarian shirt, by the way, that says I'm with her and her is in gold and it shows Statue of Liberty, but it's going to be a great shirt for Dr. Joe Jorgensen, Dr. Jorgensen, JOJ2020.com. Uh, that was day two. Day three was nominating the vice presidential candidate because it was a separate process. Uh, the options were all good. That was kind of the same process of getting tokens. Um... Hand, then some of the presidential candidates carried over to vice president. Basically, at the end, there's four to choose from Adam Kokesh, John Mons, Spike Cohen, and Ken Armstrong. And I didn't think you could go wrong with anyone. I support Adam, but could have any any four. Support Adam first, then The rest of the way I supported Spike Cohen, who ended up winning the vice presidential nomination. He's essentially been stated as Vermin. A vote for Cohen was a vote for Vermin Supreme. But he seems to be. I need to look into him more, but I give him a thumbs up so far. Uh, And then. There was some more order of business. And here's kind of the big thing that happened. Sarwark was at one point kind of just like, not many things get me mad, but there are some things that happened during this convention that made me mad. And there are some things that I can understand. He held his breath a few times and kept his composure in some very difficult and trying times this weekend. I thought he did a great job. In some regards, one of the things that ended up happening was he kind of stepped down as chair. It's like, I'm too up, all this stuff's been done, and I just need to step down. And so he handed the gavel off to the vice chair, Alex Merced. And then Nick essentially said, I am not chairing another convention, this is it. So that kind of left. This other issue up in the air because one of the important things that needed to be decided during the convention was, you know, new leadership in the party. But even though the agenda for this weekend that was kind of reached in the compromise was just to nominate president, vice president, and move forward to this next convention in Orlando, that all I had to go through a process of being adopted by the delegation. And it was a long process, and I don't know if things went... I don't I don't know the state of things. Because... So I worked stepped down, and I was kind of in and out at this point, but there were some things said that made it sound like the if there is another convention in July that, you know, this delegation is becomes uncredentialed and it's a new assembling body. So I mean someone in the Minnesota delegation got really upset when we convened without doing some things that I thought needed to be done before convening. But hey, it is what it is. The convention ended on Sunday. There's a presidential and vice presidential nominee Hopefully they're on all the ballots because I'm just tired of the state of American politics. You know, I have a respect for where it came from. I have studied history. I respect founding fathers to a degree. You know, I, I respect leadership a lot. I'm not anti-leadership as people think when, when, you say you're an anarchist, uh, you know. I will happily follow the leadership of someone in something that I think that they are qualified for. I don't think I don't think you can be qualified to do the things that you know you're delegated as a politician. So, yeah. Kind of lost my train of thought again. Oh, well. I'm just getting kind of into wrap-up mode since we're an hour in. And this wasn't the most exciting podcast. I just definitely don't have as much energy as I wanted to. I kind of was going to cash this one in before I did it. I don't know. I wanted to do it. Still wanted to do it. I wanted to talk about the convention so I could move forward and talk about other things. So let's see what else going forward should I talk about that relates to this. Planning on going to Orlando if I can, July 8th through the 12th. If anyone wants to go with me, let me know. It's the room in the car. I'm driving. So it would be like the 7th through the 13th road trip, Florida. Staying just outside of Orlando, hopefully. Uh, You can see what, you know, Politics is before Election Day. And in the lead-up, it's not just debates on television. There's, you know, this process because of party politics. getting on the ballot. It's just a whole mess. I mean, it's not a mess because it's all laid out, but it's a mess. Given the state of just society I think society's evolved past this political paradigm. And a lot of what is happening right now is the dysfunction of trying to use a broken political system. And you could always make that argument. People always do make that argument. you know, read history, nothing new here. But I think the tools are here to implement the things that people perceive as needs of a society without politicians. And that is why I'd prefer to see happen. I don't like people having enormous amounts of power to dictate things to other people. I just want to empower as many folks as I can. And I believe that the Libertarian Party is a great party of empowerment because they're always like, no, we don't need more people with more responsibilities handling stuff for too many people. We need too many people to start getting back the power from the people that they gave power to. Something like that. Something like that. So empower yourself boost your immune system. I enjoy eating fungi to help do that. I enjoy breathing and moving and temperature exposures for that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there's lots of other things to do to empower yourself. I need to start lifting Lot again because I need to get jacked because strong equals safe, and I'm tired of getting hurt because I'm hurt again. Knew it was coming, not to this extent, but I foresaw my uh, muscle imbalances that were starting to affect me. Well, they already started to affect me, I didn't foresee them, I just saw them, I just saw them earlier. Then, yeah. Okay, I need to stop talking. My throat's getting dry. And I don't think my concoction's the best for thirst quenching. So, hope you enjoyed listening. No, it's not the... It's not like a crazy Psycho Freak Friends episode. I don't know. It was an episode. I needed to do an episode. I needed a few days to kind of chill out on the convention before I recorded. I could have recorded. I thought about recording during the convention. Immediately following the convention, convention leading up to the convention. But I just didn't want to. Wanted to, you know, just decompress all the information. You got to sift through all that information for a while. So I did. Chilled out. So, chill, chill, everyone. Have fun out there. Anarchy, love, and peace. Get on your skateboards. We're going to be talking shredding here soon. Get in our throw hammers. Later.